You're listening to the 123 show this afternoon on RTHK Radio 3 with me, Karen Coe. Tomorrow is World Migratory Bird Day. That's the day when the birds decide, hmm, it's getting a bit cold here. Let's pack everything up and fly south or something like that. Now, we don't often think about birds, but the ones we see and we probably come into most close contact with are the seagulls, the pigeons. But Hong Kong is really an amazingly important place for an incredible number of species of birds. And joining me now in the studio to tell us more is Caleb Choi, Conservation Officer, Wetlands at WWF Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Caleb. Thank you. Hello, Karen. So just tell us, first of all, how rich is Hong Kong in bird life? So Hong Kong is a very special place. We've got more than 530 species of birds, including land birds and water birds. So that's a great number. And in mainland China, we've got more than 1,400 bird species. So only this tiny little place in Hong Kong, we've got about more than one third of it. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so just Hong Kong alone has that many species yes, of birds? Yes, we've record a lot. And did that many species of birds live here all the time? Um, not most of them. Some we've got we so-called residents that stays in Hong Kong, and also we've got some passage migrant which pass through and stop over some period of time and go on their journey. And some of them we call them the um, visitors. So they might be here um, in winter or maybe in summer for breeding or for wintering. Okay, so Hong Kong is actually a very important place for yes, birds is. globally, isn't it? Yes, definitely because. Hong Kong is special in two different points because geologically we're in the middle point of the flyway. So globally we've got nine different flyways, the migratory flyways. And here in Hong Kong we were, we belongs to the East Asian Australasian flyway, which um, stretches as north as the Russia and um, Alaska and down south to the um, New Zealand. So we're at the middle point, center point of it. And also Hong Kong, we've got a very important site, which is the um, Maipo and Dipe right, wetland. Yeah. Yes. And, and you work in Maipo, right? Yes, every I work day. in Maipo every day, um, riding the bicycle into the reserve. office. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I'm sure we wish we could all work there. So you just mentioned that flyway. So is, does that mean it's possible for a bird to fly from Alaska via Hong Kong all the way to New Zealand? Yes. They fly that far? Yeah. So scientists have been putting on um, GPS tags. So they've recorded them. Some bird species do breed in Alaska. And during the winter time when Alaska is quite chill and cool and then they need to find somewhere for wintering, they will fly south. Some of them might stay in Hong Kong and maybe some of them even fly further to Australia, New Zealand for wintering. And then when it's um, spring, autumn, uh, spring and summer, they start to get back north, as Alaska has a very wide range of nature, uh, natural habitats. Mm. So they've got food resources, they've got land. It's favoring for them to breed. So every year, annually, they do that. Wow, that is amazing. Yes. And I, I realized today that I actually know very little about birds. <laughs> so, what what's is there an average uh, lifespan of a bird? How many years can a bird live? So different kind of birds, different species, different types have um, different different lifespan. Um, some record that um, they can live up to um, more than ten years or even twenty years. So for parrots, for uh, for example, they can live up to fifty to sixty years. Wow! Even. So how do scientists know um, about the wild birds? Um, how long they live, they do some sort of ringing. So it, we also have people, scientists, doing that 
um, in Hong Kong, in Maipo. Um, people put on, the scientists put on a mist net. In favorable time, the, like in early morning, the birds will fly into the net right. and then we'll need to try to um, grab them and measure them mm -hmm. and look at their body condition. And once someone else in other places, for example, in Shanghai, someone um, found the bird, recaptured the bird again. So we can same check. Yes, the oh, very same bird. Wow. And then we know, oh, maybe like 10 years ago, some other people had catched it before. So we have gathered these um, bits of information. So you have a record of a specific bird. Yes, someone does that in Hong Kong. Wow, yeah. that is incredible. And so if we go back to the migration, the mi migratory pattern, if a bird comes, flies south to Hong Kong, mm -hmm. how long will they stay typically? Um, also, different species has different preferences. So for, um, let's say, black-faced moonbill, ever heard of that one? I have, it's yes. It's quite um, critically endangered species. And we have them around 200 to 250 individuals um, on average staying in Hong Kong for wintering. Mm. So um, different species will pick um choose different places like go south go further um to australia and new zealand yeah. but would would they stay like a few weeks or a few months normally speaking um migratory birds arrive hong kong from october and then it's they, some of them stays here and some of them go further and then the next migration starts at around march to april and then they start to go back north so now is really prime time yes that's why the migration day is it's tomorrow yes right, right so that means do you think that like the public can actually notice a lot more birds coming you know just in the environment in hong kong um definitely because um some I saw it on Facebook. Someone lived in Tun Moon, and then they posted on Facebook that a lot of black objects, <laughs> black dots flying in in like an army, mm. flying through the the sky. So people, the public can definitely observe some of that um, phenom phenomenon. Right. Yeah. You know, just last month uh, there was this article that came out in the journal Science in yes. the US, which said basically that the bird population in North America was in crisis. Something like three billion birds yes. had not gone missing, but are just not there anymore. Why are birds important in the ecosystem? And what, what do they tell us about the environment? So birds are important because they um, have a very significant role in the ecosystem. So birds participate in the food web as well. Um, for example, um, birds help pollinate um, some fruits, seeds, and also they help to disperse seeds of trees. So I've read about some figures about in New Zealand. In New Zealand, um, birds actually do help disperse the seed of 70% of plant species. So without wow. the birds, um, the whole ecosystem or maybe forest might not be shaped as it should be. So with that report from a science journal, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Um, it means that globally speaking, um, most birds are in crisis comparatively to um, a lot of years ago. So it also, we found out that they've got major, um, facing a lot of threats like habitat loss. Mm. And also sometimes in different cases, like in our flyway, besides habitat loss, we also um, face some of like illegal hunting. 
Oh, yes. right. Yes, because in Asia, exotic birds are very popular, right? Yes. Besides um, collecting exotic birds, people do actually um, think of they regard some birds are heavenly delicacies. Oh. So there's a bird called the yellow breast buntings. Uh-huh. It's a sparrow-like little bird. So they feed on um, paddy fields. But then throughout the past um, 20 years, they've had a significant drop of 90%. 90%? So, wow. Yes. Is that because there are not, not so many rice paddy fields anymore? Um, or, or because they're being hunted? They're being hunted. For, to yeah. be eaten by people? Yes. I see. I wouldn't think of that actually. So, is this decline reversible? Can we can we reverse it? Um, we would say it's case by case. So, I've got a very um, good case to share with everyone. That is the blackface spoonbill again. So, actually, um, back in the 1990s, the blackface spoonbills were once record a few hundred individuals only. So imagine a um, single species got only a few hundred hundred. individuals. They can be very fragile and got extinct. But then um, throughout the past um, years, it's starting to rise up again. And then now we've got the latest census number, which is over 4,000 individuals. Wow, that's a huge increase. It's a very good increase number. And how did that come about? How, How... so at first, people um, don't quite like blackface spoonbills, especially fish pond owners. Blackface spoonbills are water birds, and they need to um, feed on fish. So they fly fl- flies into the fish pond and kind Eat of the steal fish. the fish. Yes. <laughs> right. So um, we seen that people used to um, dislike blackface spoonbill, but um, different stakeholders, the NGOs, the local governments, and even along the flyways, everyone are trying to help and that makes it different yeah mm. what about the impact of climate change is is there an impact on birds yes definitely so imagine climate change brings intense weather just like human we do suffer as, as well so um climate change actually affects the um, population and the um, distribution of species for example um how do they affect the population if the um, severe weather kind of brings heavy rain continuously so and that's the breeding season it will actually affect the breeding success rate and also um the birds especially migratory birds they have an annual cycle migration cycle right, right. so they have a stop oversight, stopover period, a wintering period, and also breeding period. Mm-hmm. When climate change um, affects, it might alter the pattern of migration. Yes. Mm. Okay, the other thing that I read about a bit that is affecting birds is actually water pollution. Mm. So how, how does pollution in, in the water, in the oceans, affect birds? So, for example, water pollution, we can... S- sit in marine litter maybe the plastics um besides plastic maybe we can first talk about the pesticides mm. and herbicides so in farm in farmland there are a lot of herbicides and pesticides which might get into the river stream and enter the ocean so right. entering the ecosystem easily so there's also um research showing that uh, um pesticide may affect the birds build up of their um nutrients and fats that 
actually affects their preparation for migration. Oh, so、I、this、see. is one point, and then we might try to look into the marine litter, the plastics. So plastic is actually a very、um, serious problem to water birds mainly.、Mm. So we've seen a lot of. So, um, picture in social media that the seagulls was entangled by the plastics, by the plastic rings, those kind of stuff. So they can entangle them physically and then、uh, make them injured and then cannot forage properly. Second, secondly,、um, the plastic will be mistaken as food.、Oh, For、yes. example, the albatross they would pick on the colorful plastic. I once read a. Artic- an article mentioning that why do birds pick on those colored、um, yeah. plastics because they mistaken it as squid. I see. So they try to feed their chicks, and then even themselves they try to swallow it. So when they swallow it, they feel like they're、um, they're full, full. So they think they've eaten. Yes,、mm. but. At the same time, they're starving. They're not getting the proper、um, nutrients, so it's really a great, huge threat. And so、them. sad that they're feeding that to their chicks, thinking they're feeding their their yes, babies,、indeed. and they're actually not、yeah. feeding them at all. True. I think I think we've seen a lot of people have seen the photographs of a dead bird、mm-hmm. cut open with、yeah. all these colorful pieces of plastic in,、yeah. in their、and、stomach. That's all from us, from people who live. On land, <laughs> exactly.、We're, the humans are the problem usually, right? <laughs> so, how can we help birds survive? I mean, we can't control where they go. They're wild birds. They're going to fly where they need to fly. But what can we do to help them make make it and you know make that journey and carry on for the next generation? True. Yeah, we cannot control where they go, but we can do protect the habitats of、um, that's important to them. We do know a lot about birds. We know what they need. What Kind of habitat they they like, so we should try to protect the habitats which we can still do in Hong Kong. Maybe to、um, in Hong Kong, the case is conservation and development is always a huge yes, always in conflict. Yes, so we need to balance between the two. So, if people want to find out more,、um, how can they find out more, and and how can they learn more? Okay, so since you've asked this question, I think I can bring up、um, an event that is going to happen in Maipo Nature Reserve. So every year we've got a charity walk event, which is called a Walk for Nature, and it's going to happen in the second and third of November.、Oh, so how it works is、um, Maipo Nature Reserve is a restricted area. Right, you can't just show up and go yes. in. Yes. So usually need to book and book a tour. So, but on that day you can walk inside the nature reserve freely. There are a lot of checkpoints delivering conservation message, and you can、um, do bird watching in our in our bird hide, and also、um, all those donation or、uh, application fees you put into WWF is going to、um, put. Into the Maipo Nature Reserve habitat management works.、Oh. So the reserve itself, we need to actively do some management work, such as、um, digging and restoration.、Right. Is it a? Is it a lot? It must be a lot to maintain. Yes, it is. is how, it, how big is it actually? It's about three hundred and eighty hectare. Yeah, we've got twenty-one gateways, meaning the swim ponds, the traditional swim ponds, swim ponds. Yeah. 
So it's a quite good event for people to public to understand more about wetlands and bird conservation. Mm, so you said that's on the second, second and third and third of November. Yes. Okay. And how do people sign up to to get in that day? So whoever's interested, they can visit our website wwf.org.hk. Yes. So you can enroll up there and then pick a date that. Um, is suitable for you, and just go to my poll and have a look. Fascinating. So, Kayla, thank you so much for educating us about birds and and their importance and what we can do to help um, keep them alive. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. And that was Caleb Choi of WWFH Hong Kong uh, telling us all about birds ahead of World Migratory Bird Day.